Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good, everybody? And welcome to a very special episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. But today is not Friday. In fact, it is Saturday, and it is in the middle of Summer Game Fest play days. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Mrs. Brianna Manuel Pena. Hello, hello. I'm Mrs. So Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And special guest Emily Rose, writer and producer, is back on the show. Hello. Oh. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us here at Playdays. I'm glad you're excited. I didn't mean to step on that excitement That's for you. That's all right. <laughs> uh, we are here inside the Media Lounge downtown Los Angeles at the Playdays event. So this event, we had the opportunity to attend last year. But Brittany, this is your first year. It mm-hmm. is. And I love it. It's so chill. We were talking, Rhea and I were talking about vibes. The mm-hmm. vibes are so good. I yes. think everyone's relaxed. We're not hauling tits from Hall A to Hall B, you know, and we're like, this is good. We can actually top and say hi to people, say hi to friends, play some games on couches. Yes. On mm-hmm. couches. Comfortable Lots couches. Comfortable couches with pillows. Yes, and movable backrest, which was a really cool thing to experience. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It's great. I love it. I kind of hope this is the future. The future of E3, you mean? Yeah. The, the non-E3, the key threes, Listen, as everyone's calling it. I would be happy E3 comes back. I get it, but I would not be mad if this was it. I this think I think lovely. that's how a lot of, of developers and PR people feel, too. Well, and also, there's food everywhere. There's drinks everywhere. And I'm still living off granola bars, but I did have tacos earlier. Yes, you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. we actually complimentary. Like, made a point to put lunch in our schedule for the first time ever working yeah. one of these shows, which was impressive. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, good for us. Pat on the back. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. doing great. Yes. Well, we want to just kind of let you guys know what you can expect in this episode. So Brittany and I, if you follow us on social, saw that we were at the live show on Thursday. We're not going to go over those announcements in the show. We're purely going to talk about what we saw here at the Playdays event, what we got hands on with and what we're excited about. So I guess we could probably just jump right into it. Great. Let's talk about Alan Wake, too. (laughs) She's been champing at the bit for that one. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So what is y'all's history with Alan Wake? Never I played. Play, I played the original game just a little bit. Okay. Same. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 So I actually just played Alan Wake for the first time and I finished it like three days before I came here. So I'm very fresh, Ooh. freshly involved in Alan Wake. So I got all my notes right here. So I got to see 30 minutes of a hands-off demo running on PS5. It was a little bit early still. They made a very like, made it a point to let me know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw the demo, Andrea. Yes. I saw the behind closed doors demo. And you saw the, de- you saw the demo? No. Okay. Okay. All right. So what's really interesting about this Alan Wake 2 is that we are following the story 13 years after the first game. And we now have a new protagonist. Her name is Saga Anderson, and she is an FBI agent. And she is involved now in the story and trying to figure out where Alan Wake, well, not necessarily where he is, but why the sudden body is, is floating up to the surface and why these manuscript pages are manifesting real life events. And she's like, what is this? I should use my investigative skills to find out. And she does. Um, the main questions I've been seeing a lot from people who are asking my opinion on it is, is it like Resident Evil? And I think from the 
footage we saw during the showcase, you could very much make that comparison. Like, yes, it does look like Resident Evil, but there are a lot more mechanics in Alan Wake that are not in Resident Evil that I think are really going to set it apart. But you didn't get to see that during the showcase. So that's why I'm here to tell y'all all about it. Ah, uh, yes. I did take notes during this presentation okay. as well. Did you? Great. I'm yes, so I did. I like the really cool reveal of being able to play the story 50-50 between Saga and Alan Wake, which was Ooh, a really oh. interesting mechanic that we haven't seen them do before, but I love that you're going to be able to kind of see the story unfold from both perspectives. Yeah, and I still have a lot of questions about that. Like, how is that actually going to work? But the devs were like, okay, this Q&A has gone on long enough. <laughs> you need to stop asking Get us. out. Get we out have more here. people to show. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And so I think for me, like, the main difference was this thing called the mind place. And this is an area. Think of Saga's mind as, like, this room you can instantly travel to with the press of a button. And you go there, and that's where you're going to kind of put your detective skills to use and solve some mysteries, put clues together for example let's say Rhea's out in the woods and she's like this is a dark ass room I need to get a fuse to light this room up but I don't know where what do I do she goes to her mind place she puts all these clues together she's found while investing herself in the environmental storytelling and then she has this voila of oh the fuse is over here and now in the game the fuse will manifest so mm. someone was asking about like speed runs are you gonna be able to speed run this game knowing what you have to do and the answer is like pretty much Kind of, but not really, because you still have to find the clues and make the thing spawn. So that's really interesting. There she will be able to do profiling on suspects where she will be able to get in the mind and try to figure out what makes sense narratively. And that'll give her a new narrative goal. So there's a lot of interesting tidbits. This game is like so expanded upon. You can upgrade your weapons. I got my progression system. Excellent. Yes. I got my progression system. It looks really good, really scary. It's stunningly beautiful too, by the way. Yeah, so they built this game on their proprietary Northlight engine that Remedy has created, and the cutscenes looked really incredible. Um, this is technically still an alpha, but they said that they're fast approaching beta phase of the development of this game, and that they called it their most ambitious and most expansive game yet. Oh yeah, 100%. I see it. And the two that you're talking about, you have the two protagonists now, and you can play through both. There is only one ending, so it's not like you're going to have multiple endings. Okay. So again, like you're wondering, how is this going to work out? I don't know. I'd like to spend like 30 minutes with one of those developers in a room and ask some questions. <laughs> um, but, you know, the other thing, too, is that this game is the first Alan Wake. It was it was scary, but it wasn't like scary, scary, not a survival horror game. The weapons are very limited. Eh. Um, but in this one, you have these jump scares like carefully placed in between. So even like, let's say I'm, I'm shooting Andrea with my flashlight. Right. So I'm shooting her. I'm shooting her. Bam. Cutscene. Or like, Why are you bam, shooting jump me? Why me? I don't know. It's more re relatable with love. I'm okay, shooting you sure. with love. Oh, okay. um, I love it. Perfect. And it's much more psychological, I think, than Resident Evil is. So there's like a lot of differences there. And I could talk about this game for the entire like hour that we have or whatever time we have, but I'm not going to. Anyway, hands down, the most impressive thing that I have seen. Well, mm. Summer Games Fest. Yeah. It definitely was the hot appointment to have here yes. at Play Days um, because of the Behind Closed Doors demo. And so we didn't get to play the demo, but it was a playable build for the dev team. So we didn't get hands on, but they were driving it live. And yeah. we did see uh, Thomas from Remedy actually like physically playing it. So that was that was cool. Um, so all right, Emily. Yes. What do you want to talk about? Gosh, I want to talk about Cyberpunk. Yes. yes. So Cyberpunk became um, this game that I've just fallen in love with just throughout its updates and its development, especially like Edge Runners. I think Edge Runners did a great job of really revitalizing the fan base and the DLC they added for that was so great. So yeah, this is 
Phantom Liberty. This is the brand new huge DLC that we're getting for Cyberpunk. And man, they just, they throw you into the action straight out. Like you run into, you're running to new characters that you're interacting with. You got Songbird. You have the president of the new United States. You have Idris Elba's character that I didn't get to see in the no! demo. I, I was really hoping for an Idris Elba moment on stage on Thursday during the live show and it didn't happen. We got Nick Cage. But we got Nick we Cage, did. which is, that was a, that was Idris, a you're great, but like Nick yeah. Cage is like, yeah. Yes. next level yeah. but yeah they've, they've really they've added some new things to this game which is really really interesting like the the cyber deck and kind of the equipment your kind of cyber loadout now is broke it has a brand new interface to it on the right hand side of your screen is now your armor class so now uh, you can kind of upgrade your armor class uh, uh, clothing does not affect your armor class anymore. So you can equip any clothing you want. Oh, good. And so you can look as cute as you want. Or yes. as silly as you want. As silly as you want, and it will not affect your armor. And then on the left-hand side of the screen is now like a uh, carry capacity UI. So it's kind of like how much you're carrying in your cyber deck and how much kind of you weigh at that when time. When you say carrying, you mean like encumbrance? Yes. Mm, just, my favorite game mechanic I, I of all time. I believe it's just with like your cybernetics. Okay. So not necessarily your items. So it's depending on how kit out how kitted out your body is. Okay. Well, I understand why they need to limit that. Mm -hmm. But man, man, I hate encumbrance with a with a fiery passion. <laughs> but yeah. So in this demo, I usually am like super duper stealth. Netrunner queen. So, uh, we are so opposite. Really? Oh, girl, in your face, loud as I can be. Well, that's what I played today because I was like, you know what? I have not tried that. So, I went in and literally. In full disclosure, I picked the build for her and then not knowing that she's like super hacker, I was I was like, well, I guess <laughs> you're going to run and gun with this shotgun build. I turned to the CDPR people. I'm like, where's the cyber deck? Where's my, my cool hacky skills? And he's like, it's not in that build. And I was like, okay. Uh, so, I, I ran around the uh, shotgun and they also had this really sweet melee ability where like by pressing down um, I believe it was like L2 and R2 I went into almost like this kind of fury state where I was just like time was slowed it was and I like was like a berserker yeah, yeah it was yeah, a yeah, yeah. really cool berserker yeah. thing uh, and there was a new there was a new combat uh basically language in the game, I would get like the obliterated kind of ability where like all of a sudden if I really just destroyed an NPC, it would say obliterated on screen. Oh, and see, like, I'm not uh, as good as you are. Oh. I didn't get that. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, Stop. Hey, but so were you in the same, did you have the same build? I think it was the same. It was the same sort of build. Yeah. I was like, just give me the tankiest build you got. And I, mm -hmm. that's what I got. So... But he was great. He got yeah. he had a shotgun. He had a hammer. He had a assault rifle. Oh, yeah, that was me. And yeah. then yeah, 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 he yeah. had all his big old his big old fists. Big old fists bashing. Yeah, I haven't played Cyberpunk since it launched. Yes, and it has changed a lot. It has, and even playing it, I'm like, wow, this this. I mean, I didn't have a terrible time with my build. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people had some major issues at the time with their yes. launch. Um, but uh, I did not. So I enjoyed my time with Cyberpunk, but I have not touched it since. So I was worried hopping into it. that I'd be like, what is going on? But then it really did all come back to me. Yes. Despite, and there's no tutorial in this demo that we played. No, it they just, just throws you, they yeah. throw you right in. And it's a very, it feels, I'm really excited for Phantom Literary because it feels so cinematic. It feels like this kind of really bombastic story just with everything you're yeah. getting with like, here comes the president's uh ATV coming down, crashing right and like literally crashing into you. You go and you like you're you're with the president, which was really cool, and you get to know her. And I'm like, uh oh, you're now my new best friend. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's she's cool. she's really cool. And then of course we have Johnny Silverhand back, voiced by Keanu Reeves. And there was just so many great moments with him. And just like I love one thing I love about Cyberpunk is how they integrate Johnny because Johnny's in your head. Mm -hmm. And so there was this great moment where you're talking to Reyes and Johnny was kind of in the background like sassing you. And then all of a sudden. And she kind of stepped backwards and like, le like leaned forward again and he was gone. 
gone in an instant. And I was like, yes, that's what I love about this game. I love the creativity and the immersion. And we're getting so much of that in this DLC. And it, I was talking to some CDPR people afterwards, and they said that there's like a, some new features coming as well that were not included in that in this build. Demo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they, yeah, they got to save some stuff for discovery, right? Exactly. But no, I mean, we got to the point. I was, I was so close because basically I got to the point where it's like, you got to go find Icarus. And I was like, yay. And then all of a sudden, uh, they were like, your demo's over. Yeah, uh, like, no, but it also happened to yeah, happened to you, happened to blessing. So we everyone failed Idris Quest today. Well, how oh, long wow. is the expansion? Do you know? I do not. Mm, I'm curious, 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 kind of. Because it, it seems we're in a whole new kind of little area uh, that's adjacent to Night City. So there's like, and even just walking through the demo, I was like, man, there's so many NPCs I want to run into. I'm sure there's a bunch of side quests too. Oh yeah. And like, I just wanted to explore the world, but I also knew like, I gotta find Idris. And you did. Yes. And you're on a timetable. Mm -hmm. But you know, CD Projekt Red, I think, has really laid some groundwork with what they did with the Witcher Three expansion mm -hmm. to say, hey, you should expect a lot out of this, and there's going to be a lot of meaty content. Um, well, I'm glad that you had a great time with that. Um, the first demo of my time here at Playdays was my most anticipated game of the weekend, and it did not disappoint. Of course, I'm talking about Mortal Kombat 1. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I loved the moment that Ed Boon had on stage on Thursday with Jeff Keighley, where he got to showcase this new trailer and talk about the game. I thought that was a really nice moment. And then Warner Brothers here had 30 minutes of hands-on playable time for us, and it was so fun. Really showing off this new cameo system where you can have like a buddy fighter with you, which really changes the dynamic of how you can combo your moves together. So we didn't really get much into the lore of what's going on with Liu Kang as this new fire god and what's happening with the storyline with all that, which I'm fine with. I want to experience that for myself when the game comes out in September. But it was really interesting to see the fighters and how they interact with the cameo system. So there will be cameo fighters that you don't play in the main roster, but all of the main roster characters will be available as cameo fighters, which I okay. thought was a really cool nod. And as Ed alluded to on stage, some of the fun costumes come back from like throwback Mortal Kombat's of yore. And Sonya Blade's costume in particular was really fire. She had this like green jumpsuit on, which was like straight from the 80s. I loved it. Um, so the, the way that the combo system now works with the cameo fighters is the cameo fighters are, uh, are binded to one button. And you essentially can hit that in combination with other buttons and it changes the move your cameo fighter does. Ooh. And you can combo that with the move your main character does to make like these like ultra combos. It's really cool. And you can even use them in your um, final blow moves and you can fatality your cameo fighter at the end of the match as well. That was my big question. Yes. yes. So you can do a special fatality with your cameo fighter. I love that. It's it was so amazing. Like the build was just so so crispy and like the graphics looked awesome and the blood physics are next level. I didn't think that Netherrealm was going to be able to top themselves with what they've been doing with these x-ray moves. Now this, the fatal blow moves and They're the fatalities. So but as we oh. saw a little bit on stage and they mm -hmm. gave us a, a, a montage of fatalities in the behind closed door presentation we saw, it's gruesome. This is a gruesome, gruesome game. I think one of the fatalities, and I won't describe it because we have a pregnant member here who I think is a little <laughs> queasy. It was during the showcase and I actually got like a little... And that never happened. That happened to me when we saw the first trailer a few, like a few, was yeah. it like last month when it first, when they first released the MK1 trailer? Yeah, yes, that was me. at the end of May. That was oh, me yeah, yeah, yeah. during that. No, so I was proudly and happily Andrea's punching bag. 
because I tend to go to these Mortal Kombat things with her because like I think it's cool, but you know she plays and I don't, so I'm just like standing like do my one move. That you I know. did great in the first match we played against each other. I just button mash and hope for the best. It I was, mean, but like your button mashing skills were pretty well, good. It's, it's a you know it's a learned skill. I've practiced very hard at it my whole life. But you know what I oddly really love, and this is going to sound so freaking casual, me is the backgrounds of those stages. Oh, they're the same so thing. good. And I'm not, she's in. kicking my ass, and I'm just watching this lady in the background serving like tea, and I'm like, oh my god, and she's like serving, and she's like meticulously like picking up and putting things down. And I'm like, okay, this is just like a, a, a circular animation. Like she's just going to do this. Oh no. The minute you punched me in the face, she got startled or maybe it was whatever. And she set it down and she ran away. And I was like, oh, you're, Andrew's like, yeah, it's been this way forever. But no, for but me, it hasn't though. So cool. I mean, Netherrealm has had like, I, I say best in class just because I'm partial to Mortal Kombat. I mean, a lot of the companies that are making fighting games have really upped their animation and level design game when it comes to what we can expect. But what I love from NetherRealm is they really make it feel like it's an interactive background. Yeah. Um, we didn't see any in this demo. We didn't see any of those moments where you can like trigger an environmental mm. smash into things, which we oh. saw them do in the last three Mortal Kombats and in Injustice. But what I loved about what we saw now is that the backgrounds just felt so vivid yeah so one of the two we got to see two maps we saw the tea house which mm -hmm. Brittany mentioned but the other one was cage mansion johnny <gasps> cage's mansion and there's a pool with like a flamingo floaty so in good. the background and then there's a fireplace with like little like crackling fire logs and like beautiful flames and like it just felt so interactive and so in-depth and i love that they just put so much attention to detail because those arenas matter and so much of them have these little Easter egg nuggets of lore for longtime fans. Uh, and I mean, the game just looks fire. The game looks amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for September to get here. Yep. Good shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rihanna? Really? Yes. Okay. Are we moving on from Mortal Kombat? Yes, we are. I was like holding my <laughs> breath here. <laughs> so I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball because this was not at all on my anticipated list. However, after playing only for one day, I've been here in a shortened schedule. Oxenfree 2, yeah. Lost Signals, Ooh. is sticking with me. And, and I've been thinking about it since we played a few hours ago. And uh, there's something about it that's just really grabbed me. So as you all know, I'm a big fan of like, you know, the mystery, spooky inside kind of games. And what, what Night School has done with the sequel is really, really astounding. Now, I have not played the first Oxenfree. Have okay. either of you? Yes, yeah. it was yes. admittedly a while ago. Sure, yeah, and it was yeah, it was some time ago. So uh, right off the bat, they let us know Oxenfree 2 is not based on the first story. You can jump straight into it. And what I really loved about this character, Riley, I believe, yep. mm -hmm. is that you have so much freedom of choice, even within these small little like options. And there's another character that you'll meet very early in the game named Jacob, who comes to your aid sometimes, or you come to his aid sometimes, but you don't always have to. And whether or not you do, and how you interact with him, and the things you answer when he asks you questions will affect how helpful he is. And I just thought that was so interesting because you can really like, you know, make your bed and then lie in it yeah. <laughs> in this game a little bit. And so you have this companion that obviously, you know, you're going to go through some some crazy shit together. But like if he's working against you or working with you is really dependent on how you interact with him. And I just thought that was a really cool twist for one of these, you know, choose your own adventure type games. And there were several points when I was about to go forward with the game, like, oh, OK, now I know I need to put the, the stake over here and like activate the signal. But oh, wait, Jacob, I should go back and get him. <laughs> like it made me double like 
like like just think twice about leaving somebody behind in one of these adventure games which usually i'm like oh i'll be fine like i can just get through this <laughs> myself i know the answer so i thought that was a really cool like application i don't know how much of that they did in oxen free one because again i didn't play it but i i thought that was a really fun twist and i'm really excited to see more and there's it's so much ambiance and they have these really cool tools like the first thing you get is a the radio and there's I think nine channels you could switch to most of them are empty but depending on what you do throughout your playthrough some of them will have more stuff you can do and then you a few missions later you get a radio and it's like if you tune to the radio you can start getting these signals that give you more story and even more options of things you can do in the game so it's really um, interactive in a way that I wasn't expecting and I found that really, really fun. In addition to like a spooky ghost story that you have to figure out. Yeah. So building off of that. So I played Oxen Free just maybe like a month ago. So again, like fresh in my head. Um, yeah. So as someone who did play the first one, there are a lot of nods to the first one. But like you said, you don't have to. But there's some like Edwards Island and some guy named Jonas. Or if you play the first one, you're like, I know what that is because it's the same sort of phenomenon that's mm -hmm. happening. And like you mentioned, you have the walkie talkie and the radio. And what I loved about that is now you have the walkie-talkie where no matter where you go, you know, on a certain channel, certain someone's going to be there waiting for you. But then you do have the freedom of the radio in the first one to scan through all the channels and listen to stuff. And the movement is also so much more fluid in Oxenfree 2, which is lovely. The first one reminds me of when you're having that nightmare where you're trying to run, but all you can do is walk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But this one, you know, you're moving quicker. And you probably never felt like, oh, my God, this is taking me forever to, like, go from point A to point B. But that was a big issue in the first one. Yeah. I'm with you. I played it, too, and I'm like... Like, yeah, really looking out yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. And just the uh, the subtle ambiance in, in the sound design is is really striking. Like I, I had Emily uh, pass the headphones a couple of times so she could hear it, too. And like, there's like this like mu background music that's playing and even like the crunch of the ground underneath their feet as you're moving. It starts to, to build this like audio narrative where you're just like, I feel uncomfortable and this is unsettling. And and then all of a sudden there's like a radio flicker and like the whole screen goes black. And you're like, ah, shit. Oh, like, yeah. What's oh. going on? Yeah, there was an incredibly spooky moment at the very beginning of what we played and I was like oh like immediately <laughs> unsettled but I'm like good mm, exactly tone is set yeah that's what you're going for it's the kind of spooky that I can handle with my little baby <laughs> heart yes, yes. <laughs> well one game that I wanted to talk about that I think we all were surprised by but all had a great time with was Foam Stars yes. so this game was announced during the PlayStation Showcase mm -hmm. it's being made by Square Unix and a lot of people when we saw the initial reveal trailer thought Splatoon ripoff. Right. And I think we could all confidently say that that is not what this game is. Not at all. No, I was one of those people. And everyone I've talked to who has played it has said, it's really fun. It's really good. Like, I want to get in for another match or two. Everyone wants to play it. Yeah, again. people mm -hmm. constantly trying to be like, oh, can I stop by again? <laughs> like, yeah. going up to the booth. It's it's highly addictive. And one thing that I really love about Foam Stars is how, uh, how approachable it was. Because I don't usually switch characters when I'm trying a game for the first time. I like to pick one and figure it out. And, like, even if it's not the best play style for me, like... I just stick with it so that I can at least learn, okay, here's where I look for my little special move bars to fill up. And here's where I look for the enemy indicators. Like, it takes me a while to get acclimated. But with this game, I was able to switch and, like, immediately know, like, oh, this person's going to be shielding. This person's going to throw out a turret. This person has DPS with, like, this foam version of an assault rifle. And, and it clicked so quickly. And the other thing I really love about this game is, like, the height and the different elevations yes. that you can create with the foam. Like there's one character that I played as who laid down basically a wall of foam and then everybody starts like surfing up it and then we have height advantage on the enemy. And I'm like, this is just, it's just so brilliant. And it's something that it clicked instantly and I really, really enjoyed that part of it. 
Yeah, so playing, we finally got to kind of figure out how the mechanic works. So when you are playing, you have a weapon, which is like your foam gun. And each of the different character classes like has a different t- style of foam gun, like your shotgun style, your more SMG style, how it like shoots the foam out. And when you're playing, you are a different colored team and you have to shoot your foam and then you like, surf on your colored foam. You can technically surf on your enemy's foam, but you move much slower. And but if you target. get to an area where there's no foam, you can't surf. And so you move very, very slow. Mm-hmm. So you become very vulnerable. So it's this interesting dynamic of trying to build pathways for you and your team to move around on, but also being aware of where the enemy is to not meet, leave yourself vulnerable and not paint yourself literally into a corner where you're just surrounded by the enemy foam or no foam at all. Let me tell you, that is not a good place to be. No, you need um, some foam. Exactly. So the way the mechanic works is you shoot your enemy with your foam gun and then they kind of get encased in this ball of foam, like a giant marshmallow of foam. And then you can surf into them and essentially knock them out. And then you get, you know, you go through your respawn period and you come back in. And then, of course, it's like, you know, how many people can you knock out in a single round? So this is called the foam foam stars? Foam, foam stars. Sorry, the mode was shoot the star. Shoot, shoot the, the star, yes. Say, yeah, yeah. And so let's say Andrea's on my team and she is covered in foam. I can surf into you and free you from your foam. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can rescue me. I can rescue you. But if Emily is covered in foam and she's not, yeah, I bump into her. So the mode we were playing is you get seven lives, I believe. And then once your seven lives are depleted, the person who's doing the best on your team is now designated as the star. And the, when whoever knocks out the star, when the star gets knocked out, that team loses, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, when and, you're the, the, and the yeah. superstar, yeah, gets buffed. So yeah. when you become the star player, you shoot foam faster, you replenish your foam faster, you have a health buff, you move, you move yeah. faster. Basically, you want your teammates to protect you while you're going to do damage on an enemy And players. I love how Rhi was talking about it. She's like, DPS and tank and turret, da, da, da. And I'm over here like, I just shot shit and I hope for the best. <laughs> but guess what? Like, I was able to get that winning shot. I was able to be the star player a few times because, like, that's what I loved about it, though, is you can get really, like, in the weeds with it and, like, smart. You are smart. Yeah. Me, I'm just like, I got grenades and I can, like, splat foam everywhere. And it was really fun. I feel like the matches were nice and quick and snappy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the music, oh, my God. The music Music yes. is really, really Very fun. Persona, Persona vibes. <gasps> Did you that's, hear that? That's right. Lynn, I believe her name Lynn, is. Yep. Yay. Oh. That's right. Oh, yeah. Very I played boppy. as the pop star, and then I played as the dude that had the shotgun. And then as soon as I started playing as him, that's when I found my group with it. Mm-hmm. I had all my beefy weapons. Yeah, I think this game has a lot more potential than originally they were given after their reveal. And I think it was super smart of Square to bring it to an event like this so Mm -hmm. we could try it out. And I have to say, it was like the one game besides Mortal Kombat that I was like, I want to go back and play that again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But their appointments were fully booked the whole time. They're turning people away, friends. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. So... I'm excited to see more. It does sound like they're still relatively early in the development and they built this demo just for the showcasing at this event and we won't hear more from them for a little while. Because they tease other modes and a single player mode too. Yes. Yes. Very interested in that. Yeah. But overall, that was a big surprise for me. I was really excited mm-hmm. about that. And I think we all really enjoyed our time. You know, we want to talk about some Fae Farm? Yes, another fun game we all enjoyed. Yeah, so I was pulling up my notes. So this is coming out in September. It comes from Phoenix Labs. And the people who made Dauntless. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we got, Andrew and I got to sit with the director, Isaac. I wrote his last name down. Ep, I believe is what it was. And this is a Brit-ass game. 
And yeah. <laughs> Britt went oh. ham asking Isaac questions. Oh, it was so great. Well, we only had 30 minutes. Yes, that's which not, is not enough time for this game. Mm-hmm. He and I were able to like talk shop, and I was like, it, it was lovely. It was wonderful. Um, Anyway, yeah, this is a single player or cooperative game. And the best way to describe it is he described it to me after you left, is think of it like as creating a server. So, for example, I can have a, my world as a server. All of y'all can join my server. Yay. But you can't take the character on my server to your own server. So any progress you make, any items you collect while you're playing in my world, my server, you, it stays there. Gotcha. So that's something it. worth knowing. There's no progression that you take back to your build. And I know that was something you had a little bit of issue yeah, with. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, that's just an Andrea Renee problem. Because I'm like, I got limited time to be building in my world. If mm-hmm. I'm going to go hang out in Brittany's, you know, world, it's like, well... Every am I gonna get to bring anything back with me when you would just like, live no, in my world? Yeah, forever. it's just me giving you love and being like, let's hang out and I'm gonna like cook you all the meals and you know shear all your sheep and you know shake or all you your and peach I have trees. a shared world, yes. right? And then yes. that's the world you and I both play in. I would just let you decorate everything and I'll do all the grunt <laughs> this work. Is what I want? Oh yes, decorating. Let's talk about <gasps> the that. customization Ooh. in this game is insane. Yes. What did you think about it? Oh my gosh, loved it. I mean, uh, cozy gaming, just like har- <laughs> I'm a Harvest Moon Stardew Valley lady. And so I knew I loved you. Uh, just everything in this game. Yeah, the customization, you can constantly change your character's appearance throughout. You can change your the colors of your outfits. You can change the colors of the furniture. Like it is, you can change your pronouns throughout as well, which I thought was really, really nice. And, and the rest of the, the farm will react to that yes. as well. They will address you accordingly. It's so, it's so like, there's so much scale to it. It's a cozy game but it's a huge one at that. Oh, yes. Huge one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And when it comes to the customization, too, the furniture you put in your house will impact your... You have health, stamina, and mana, and it'll give you buffs. And I think Which that's was really wild cool to think like they would build that system in because most people who play cozy games are happy just to decorate for the fun see, of decorating. See, I'm not one of those people. Same. And I need an yeah, incentive to decorate. Oh, see, now see? I'm just like, I'm going to put the rug here. I'm going to put a little plant that's what in my the corner. I'm like Shane house, which is me and like three roaches. It was like, there's <laughs> yeah. nothing there. You can like have Shane. multiple houses. Yes. 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 Multiple houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I mean, it's, it's I'm all for it. There's crafting and cooking and fishing and relationships and festivals. And buying barn animals. And Barn animals and, and, and crops and dungeons and dungeons and dungeons and going into the fairy world and then shopping in the fairy world oh God, and then collecting. having a house in the fairy world. And oh, my, God. oh my gosh, it's, it's just it was interesting yeah. because when we were talking to Isaac about this, you know, we kind of had this conversation about, you know, how do you kind of pick and choose which of the game mechanics you want to focus on? And he said that their team is obviously a very big fan of cozy games and that they were kind of bringing in all the things that they wanted in like their perfect cozy game and trying to kind of cut away the things that kind of gave them annoyances and other kinds of cozy games because mm-hmm. there's always got to be you know that one mechanic that you're like but if only I could do this and you guys fix this one thing and so I feel like they're really trying to put the kitchen sink in this game but yeah. from what we've seen so far it feels like it's working and it's wild to think about oh yeah they oh my gosh the like large auto harvest feature the large auto watering feature you're making my life so easy thank you so yeah so let's explain how that works so so i was playing while Britt was just like rapid firing (laughs) questions to isaac and i went over to a little farm patch that they had built Mm -hmm. and i started here i am watering my one plant at a time like I do in Dreamlight Valley. I'm just like one plant at a time. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's like, hold the button down and then hold a, bu- a button down again. And so I had like a probably like a, a like a six by six mm-hmm. square of so like 36 plants or whatever. Good math. And 
it went from like the inner circle of the plants to the whole square. I could literally water the whole thing all in one go. And I was like, this mind blown moment. It did cost mana. So that that's the drawback. Yeah. You water one at a time and it's essentially free, but you can do these mass watering and this mass collecting at the cost of mana. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I love this. I want this in all of my cozy games. And that's what you so perfectly said earlier is Isaac has grown up playing these games. He knows what makes, well, in my opinion, a good farming game. Some mechanics are outdated and some other ones need to stick around. Mm-hmm. That's made it. So you can have, like you said, the kitchen sink in here, but it works because he knows how to make it efficient and the team is making it very efficient. There's romance. There's so many different NPCs. There's an entire tab dedicated to progression. And every time you progress in a certain skill like fishing, you now you're a better fisherman or fisherwoman or fisher whatever you want to be. And it is just Oh, yeah. We took amazing. a screenshot oh, yeah. of all of the different levels of progression in this game. So there's farming, foraging, animal care, potion brewing, lodging, fishing, critter catching, cooking, magic, and mining. Oh, God. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, say yes. Say no more, right? Mm. Absolutely just say no more. I think the question is going to come down to how long is that going to be sustainable in the sense that I feel like there comes a point in every farming game where you've done enough, you've seen enough, what keeps you continuing to play? Yes. And that's, I always burn out at one point where it's like, okay, I've I've kind of won the game. Now what? But hopefully, you know, I asked how many animals are there? And he said six, but I noticed there was like probably like 50 tabs on there or empty spaces. Uh, And he was like, hopefully more. So maybe there's some, you know, future plans for some DLC there. And I, I don't know. I just think this could be a really, really big hit. You know, the cozy games are really hot right now. The farming games, it has a little bit of everything. So definitely something I want to sit down and play with. And if you ever want to come over to my little fae farm, Andrea, you know and decorate. I do. You know, I always volunteer to come pull weeds on your island in Animal Crossing. <laughs> She's the best. I'm like, let me come over there and I'll, I'll tidy everything up for you. And, you know, Aww. I'll shake your Please trees. Do. It'll be great. So, yes. And um, <laughs> what I, I want to just kind of end the fame, fae farm comments with the multiplayer that Isaac described. So obviously the, it's siloed onto your specific world. You can't take, your friends can't take anything with you. Mm-hmm. But turns out you could invite a lot of friends. Yeah. We were like, so how many people can you invite to come like live in your world and like help you like harvest and farm and go in the dungeons? And he's like, well, what in our testing, it was a lot. I go, what's a lot? Like 10, like a hundred. He's like, we literally tested the build with like thousands of players and it didn't break. Yeah. Wow. So I, was like, I was like, wait, wait a minute. You mean I can invite a thousand friends? To and my I world? need to get clarification on that because all of the marketing says up to three friends. So I'm thinking you can have that many people invited on your server, but how many right. can actually be on at a time? Is it uh, limited to four? I don't know because yeah. that would be sick. But What's the, good farms? Yes. What's good farms? What's good homesteads? Let's make oh, it happen. Yeah, let's my do goodness. it. I just like that. That is indicative, though, of like just how many systems they're able to get working simultaneously. And obviously, we have they have more development to do and more to see. But it was a really fun, a fun moment here at Summer Game Fest. Okay, so in conclusion, there, we did see a bunch of other games, of by course. the way. <laughs> um, a couple things that we're hoping to be able to talk about a little bit later. Uh, Rihanna and I got to get an in-depth look at a game called Synced Ooh. from the next studios from Level Infinite, which is Tencent's publishing arm. Mm-hmm. And this game is something that has had a couple of closed betas. And I was very surprised at how in-depth this game was. So it is a futuristic sci-fi companion shooter that's free to play. Okay, so that is a lot of words. And we made a joke about it with the with the dev who was doing our demo with us. I was like, okay, all of these things. But 
I kept referring to the kind of structure of the game as felt a lot like Call of Duty Zombies in a standalone where there's a PvE oh. component, but they also do have a PvP component, which they weren't talking about or showing here at the show. We just got to see the PvE stuff. Um, essentially, we're going to talk about it later because there was a lot to break down. They're going to be in the Steam Next Fest demo days and just keep an eye out because Rihanna and I have Lots of thoughts. thoughts. Yeah, yes. I also want to talk more about Immortals of Avium at some point. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh my gosh, we had. I mean, I had a blast I playing that game. Had so much I fun. Must know. Oh, I, uh, it's yeah, so this really is, good. So this is—they're calling it a magic shooter, but like, I feel like that's so like reductive. <laughs> we got to see a really lengthy gameplay demo on stage on Thursday during the live show at Summer Game Fest with Paxton Hall Yoshida. Yes. Shout out to you. Uh, never have I ever stands. I talked about it on Twitter. Um, so the game, though, is being made by a studio called Ascendant Studios. So it's from former Call of Duty devs. And they're actually a relatively small studio. They're only about 100 people, a little over 100 people, he said. Um, and for a giant AAA game like this, I think that that was really impressive. And the game looks beautiful. It's built on Unreal Engine 5. It looks gorgeous it's this magic shooter where you play as this battle mage as you guys may have seen in the trailer and it was just really fun to finally get hands on with it and kind of see how it felt it's hard to explain unless you actually play it but yeah. yeah you have these three different kinds of magic and so you have blue magic which is like your sniper you have your green which is your like rapid pew pew and then red which is your like an SMG damage. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay yeah. I was curious about that yeah yeah and then you have a shield which I didn't know about until the howler fight and oh. I was wondering why I was getting wrecked. Oh, this yeah. huge, beautiful, massive dragon that kicked my ass multiple times. Um, but no, it's quick. It, someone described it as Doom with magic. And like, I can see a comparison there because there's no, like, you don't aim down your reticle. It's just you have it's to. It's all hip fire. All hip fire. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, it was cool. It felt very visceral. It felt very, like, weighty in a good way. It's like I felt like my magic was actually doing something. And it was, like, you were saying, beautiful, stunning. I love, like, the fantasy setting. I love the cut scenes. I thought the chemistry between the characters was really great I don't know, I'm really excited to follow Jack's journey as he grows yeah really so we're not gonna go too much into like the backstory because it, it's a lot it's um, a lot yeah they put up this for like five to ten minutes before we even started the demo like this is where you're at but it was a good spot for a demo absolutely and yeah. one of the things I wanted to take away was what is this game what kind of game is this and the best comparison I can make is that it feels like a standalone single-player action-adventure um, like kind of puzzle game so it the With game, a lot of RPG mechanics. Yeah, so the game that I kind of kind of compared to is God of War. And I do that purely from a mechanic standpoint. Obviously, like the narrative and the art setting is wildly different than what Sony Santa Monica did with God of War, but it's a single player focused story with minimal gear, which I appreciate it. So you're not gonna be it's not like that shoot and loot loop where you're gonna like pick up gear drop it pick up gear drop it you constantly. do get loot, it's but very like, you like said, crafted yeah. mm -hmm. attention to detail each piece of gear is meaningful and you're not gonna like dispose of it unless you like find another really amazing piece of gear he said there's only 300 pieces of gear in the game which is not that much if you know anything about how much are in looter shooters so i'm personally very excited to check out more about this game i love those kind of single player adventures and i had a blast playing and there's a big skill tree too Yes. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Love skill, skill tree. tree. There's <laughs> chests. There's money. There's other things you can do. It's like, I'm telling you, like, it looks really good. Yeah. yeah. I had a blast playing mm -hmm. that. Um, any final thoughts on anything you played, Emily, or saw? Got a little hands-on with Final Fantasy 16. Ooh. And I'll just say, it feels good. It feels <laughs> real good. It feels really good. I feel See? like we're going to have a lot more to say about that very soon. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
But yes, Final Fantasy 16 was here in a very like kind of BCD setting because that game comes out in a week, two weeks, two weeks, very soon. I don't know anything about Final Fantasy 16, so I can't. Talk oh yeah, about no, Britt Brit didn't <laughs> you know do like a whole monologue about it. On yeah. a I, did, I literally talked for like 25 minutes by myself about Final Fantasy 16. It was glorious. There was a thing that you. happened where I had to like leave our shoot and I was like, I can come back later and we can like pick up and start the shoot again later. And she's like, I got this. <laughs> and I did. It was, I lived my best life. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there was so much more here that we're going to talk about in a later episode. Yes. So we just wanted to do a little reactions video for you guys because we know there's so much more summer of gaming happening between the Xbox Showcase and the Ubisoft Forward and the Capcom Showcase that we wanted to kind of talk about our hands-on experience here. So, uh, But ladies, this has been a pleasure. It was a wonderful couple of days checking out games and mm-hmm. we have more summer more. of gaming coverage coming for you guys. So keep your eye on our feed and we'll see you soon. Bye.